Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah here with Sarah. So I have another Sarah here on the podcast with me today, Sarah Curto. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Good, thanks. How about you, Sarah? Awesome. Uh, so hopefully this won't be too confusing. I'm actually Sarah with an H and she's Sarah without an H. So uh, Sarah without an H is a career coach who helps people leave crappy jobs and find careers they love because most of us at some point have had a toxic boss, coworker, et cetera, et cetera. And it creates huge problems in our life, right? Oh, it really does. <laughs> it's created pop- problems in my life where um, like, just you are very unhappy and you take it out on the people you love and uh, you kind of are in a haze and you just feel like life is passing you by without much purpose. I love that um, because a lot of my listeners, you know, people kind of assume it's like, oh, I'm just like a love coach or like divorce coach or, you know, all those sorts of things. And it's, yes, I do that. But the same people who are in toxic romantic relationships go to work right? <laughs> and they create this havoc everywhere. And when we think about the concept of being toxic person proof, that is getting filling up your life with as few toxic people as possible, including at work. And I love the example you said about like the haze and life passing you by, because that's exactly how someone with, uh, you know, even a toxic sibling or a toxic partner or a toxic, it feels the same. It It feels the same, no matter what the connection is. So give us a quick rundown of what a toxic uh, coworker looks like. Oh, well, for me, a toxic coworker looked like, um, like a, a bully. Yeah. Someone who uh, was gaslighting me, who made me feel like I was pointless and worthless and confused at why I was there, that all of my reactions were wrong. Like it was just everything. So mm-hmm. I always felt like I was walking on eggshells. I was always hiding when I could, which meant I was never doing a good job. I was yeah. never even like, so not only was my confidence taking a massive hit be- because I was absorbing their words, but also I was hiding from everything. So I wasn't even doing my job as well as I could be. Um, and which took another mass or my confidence took another massive hit because of that. People don't think about how expensive toxic relationships are. Yes. But when we are confident, we get paid more. <laughs> we feel better. We, you know, and it's a huge, it comes at a huge, like actual financial cost. Yes for people. And I think that's really important to remember because sometimes it's like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. I can take it. Uh, you know, and it does come at a financial cost as well. It definitely does. And what I see with my clients is all they, they're so used to getting offers, um, that are less than yes. market, or they're not getting the raises that everyone else around them seems to get. 
And then they come and work with me. And then all of a sudden they're getting offers above what was posted. They're being able to negotiate for more raises. They're getting the top end of their raises Mm -hmm. and all because they're changing the way they think about themselves. So give us some tips and strategies on how to change the way we think about ourselves uh, to, to go after that full life of abundance. Yeah, well, the, the very first step, and this is the step we sometimes take the longest in, is it sounds so corny, but just being kind to yourself, mm-hmm. having your own back. Mm-hmm. If no one else is going to be kind to you, you need to be kind to yourself. Uh You need Uh to be the one that is not trash talking yourself anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Having your own back. And I say from birth to death, you were the only person you're stuck with for life. You're the only constant. I'm the only constant in my life. Everyone else comes in and out. Every dog comes in and out. Romantic partner, kids, they all come in and out. But forever and forever, we're stuck with us. We are. And it's hard because... Um, a lot of times we, just like I mentioned with absorbing the things that the toxic coworker would say is that becomes our own internal monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like all of a sudden you're going to be like, I forget his name, this, the sudden in it live character, Stuart, whatever, looking in a mirror, Oh saying, yeah, you are worthy. You are amazing. <laughs> that is not going to happen. Yeah. You're going to say it and your brain's immediately going to be like, ha ha, you're a liar. Uh, So the very first step in recognizing the negative things we're saying to ourselves is just literally being mindful, just Mm -hmm. noticing that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. We don't even need to change yet. Sometimes our brains don't even like when we're stepping in there and trying to stop it. We're just noticing it. And then once you're very good at noticing and recognizing it can take a couple of weeks, then you can start doing some gentle pushes. Okay. So what does a gentle push look like? Yeah. Like, so for example, uh, someone in a career could Mm -hmm. say, I suck at my job. Mm -hmm. I suck at it. And you say that over, I always make mistakes. I am the worst at this. No, I don't even know why I still have this job. Those would be some examples. A gentle pushback would be like, I'm learning to be better at my job. I'm figuring out how to make less mistakes. I am proving my, my uh, worth to myself that I am worth having this job. So we're not trying to rewrite the script altogether. We're just a slow step, like a little baby step out of that trash talk. And I want to point out something really, because my listeners may have heard me talk about, I'm not a huge fan of affirmations. Like I'm really not mm-hmm. Because it feels like such a leap. Yeah. And what you described was such a perfect step, not a leap. And when we're stepping, it's like, okay, I'm learning to be better. Okay. I can believe that. That feels like I'm not lying to myself because it's crazy that we try to create confidence by lying to ourselves because we know, you know, if it's like, okay, I am as rich as Bill Gates. I'm as rich as Bill Gates. (laughs) I'm as rich as Bill Gates. Right. It's like, no, I know I'm not. Right. And that lying to ourselves actually creates cognitive dissonance, not confidence. Exactly. And like the whole concept that we all of a sudden have to go from like, it's the polarization of emotions. 
Mm-hmm. We don't have to go from feeling crappy about ourselves to feeling amazing about ourselves. There's a lot of emotions that we can have access to on our path there. Mm-hmm. Our goal will be to feel amazing about ourselves, but we can't expect ourselves to get there. It's just like we want to have a goal of making a hundred thousand dollars. You're not going to graduate university, most of us, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden just be getting a hundred thousand dollars. It doesn't mean you can't get there. There mm-hmm. is a path to get there, and same with emotions, we can follow that same path. And so we don't exactly. want we exactly. don't want the fact that we're not going to get there right away to stop us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love the baby steps. Well, it's like it's when we are kids. Right. And we, there's like a superhero that saves us or like a fairy godmother or something. Somebody swoops in and it's almost with affirmations. It's almost that idea that it's just like magically snap in the genie wish. Right. Mm-hmm. And no wonder that's not working. No yeah. wonder that's not working. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. What are some other uh, tips for regaining our confidence? Yeah. So um, my next step after sort of that stopping to trash talk ourselves is then to build the having your own back, building your own appreciation for yourself. Uh, So I have a lot of uh, clients, a lot of exercises that I have clients go through, but one of my favorites is simply a self-gratitude practice. Uh How am I thankful for myself today? Mm -hmm. What did I do today that I'm really proud of? What am I celebrating myself uh, today for? Just those like little things that can snowball into a much bigger appreciation for overall existence. Again, and that's so exciting. I'm going to tell you a little funny story on me. So my husband and I, I'm getting ready to release the book, Toxic Person Proof. And I was like, ah, I'm not sure who I'm going to dedicate it to. And my husband goes, you can't dedicate it to yourself, Sarah. People think you're a narcissist. And I was like, I didn't say I was going to dedicate it to myself. <laughs> but he knows how strongly I feel about our responsibility to save ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's not about like, oh, I'm so great. It's like, oh, no, I'm responsible for showing up for me. And it's like, you're responsible for showing up for you. And when we think, when because it, it's, it seems humble to be like, oh, I'm so thankful for everyone else who saved me. And it seems like you're bragging to say, you know, I really did this work. However, mm-hmm. if you haven't done the work and you're not at a good place, are you, is it you that you're responsible for to save yourself? Or is it like you're hoping somebody swoops in and saves you? One, like, do you, do you see where the disconnect is? And it's like, no wonder it's not working. We're waiting for someone to swoop in and save us. And again, you have to have your own back. So I'm not dedicating the book to myself <laughs> by any means. But, but that, you know, when it's like, who, who in my life has had my back the best? It has been me. And it took a long time to get there. It took a, that is not how it started off, right? No, no. And then once we have our own back, we can then start to believe in ourselves. Yes, yeah. yes. And yes. so that, again, it's another sort of cliched sort of statement to believe in yourself. But um, when we have, we need it when we have bad confidence, when our confidence is at rock bottom, because mm-hmm. we have a lot of beliefs about ourselves which are just thoughts that we've had over and over again. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of those times, those thoughts, especially when we are surrounded by toxic individuals, those thoughts are again, ones we've internalized. Mm-hmm. So they're not in fact true. They're not facts. We believe them to be true only because we've thought them so frequently. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's an important point. We've had so much practice thinking those thoughts. That, that we now true. think them that they, that they are true. Mm-hmm. Um, But when we are able to begin to believe in our ability to be successful or our ability to change careers or to leave a toxic boss or coworker behind, uh, we then start to unopen or, um, I mean, unlock and open Mm -hmm. all of the things that we can do to actually get there. That we can do to actually get there. I just want to drive home that point again, because what I hear is, Oh, if you know, somebody else can come save me. If somebody else can come save me, if somebody else can come save me and that it's hard, right? I remember I was very angry. I had to learn to save myself. I'm sure you were very angry. You had to learn how to save yourself. I'm the one who had to leave. Not that. Right. Right. It's not fair. No, that sucks. Yeah. It's not fair. You know, I'm happier now for leaving. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and having your own back is a practice, a new way of thinking that carries over and spills abundance in every area of your life. It really does. And same with the, the power of belief. Uh, the more we believe, like, so if we think about it this way, if doubts and beliefs mm-hmm. are just thoughts, then we can choose which ones we want to put our energy into. Mm-hmm. So we can then choose the ones that are more positive that gets us out of these sort of scenarios and relationships, uh-huh. them choosing the doubts that keep us uh-huh. stuck. There was a, in Buddha's brain, there was an example of a black wolf and a white wolf and they were fighting each other. You probably heard that. It's like, well, which who's going to win? Which wolf are you going to feed? Yeah. So are we going to feed those doubts? Or are you going to feed your confidence, having your own back. And would you advise people to really, once they see themselves going down that path of believing their doubts, to just like put a stop to it as quickly as possible. So you're not rebuilding practice. Uh, No, because I don't believe in resisting. Okay. Okay. So what, what, what would your advice be on that? You write them down. Mm -hmm. I give my doubts space. I write Mm -hmm. my doubts down and then I let them go. So I am letting them go, but it's just like with fear, with anxiety, with anger, a shame. I find the more we ignore those feelings, the the more we resist them, the louder that they become. Uh-huh. And so that prevents us, it becomes a blockage and it prevents us from doing anything. Uh, so you give them the space, you listen to the emotions, and then you let them go. That's awesome. And how do you not let them take over? How do you, if somebody's like, Oh, I really can't let them go. Um, how do you. And learning, learning to feel negative emotions is uh, a key strategy to building your confidence. Isn't that such a sucky thing, but I agree completely. I (laughs) I agree with you. Like I honestly wish we could be like just happy beings all the time, a hundred percent positive emotions, but it's unrealistic. It's a fantasy, just like the person on the white horse coming to save us. 
Mm -hmm. It's a fantasy that doesn't serve us to believe in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, recognizing that life isn't all sunshine and rainbows, doing the Brene Brown and living like wholeheartedly going Mm -hmm. all in um, means that we feel those negative emotions. And what I've noticed the more and more time I spend with these negative emotions is they truly are just physical sensations. Mm -hmm. So while when I am processing anxiety, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack and die. (laughs) Honestly, I'm like, "Uh oh, this is it. What have I done? And it's the peak. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. I start to feel the release. Mm -hmm. The butterflies calm down. For me, it's electrical charges going through my arms those start to dissipate and it starts to go away. Yesterday in the shower, I processed shame and I was just feeling uh, ashamed. And then once I processed it, it felt like I felt nauseous. I, like the physical sensation for me with shame is nausea and almost feeling like I'm going to throw up. But then once I processed it, all of a sudden hope came out. It was mm-hmm. like wonderful. <laughs> all of a sudden this hope And then all of these ideas on how to solve the problem, which was creating the shame. So again, building on that resourcefulness sort of opened up to me. And a couple things I want to point out from what she just said. One, knowing where emotions live in your body. When you heard what she said about uh, this is what shame felt like (laughs) versus this is what fear feels like. This is what anxiety feels like. This is what sadness feels like. That, that's such an important point. And then, because my listeners are going to be like, oh, she just went into problem solving, and which is, you know, definitely if there is anxiety, is it because there's something you're pushing off? Yeah. Right? Is it shame? Is there a decision you need to make that you keep trying to avoid making? You know, because sometimes in this language, people say, oh, I got triggered. Like if they think if they feel something negative or difficult, I'll say difficult. If they feel a difficult emotion um, that there's like, they need like emotion, like therapist or like antidepressants or something like this. It's like, well, what was your body telling you? Are you, is there something you're trying to ignore that you need to uh, like my bookkeeping, right? Oh, I'm not a numbers person, right? (laughs) And it's like, well, if I'm anxious, (laughs) yes, it's like, well, if I'm anxious about bookkeeping, it's not because the bookkeeping is bad and I'm going to owe the government millions of dollars in taxes. That's not the problem. The problem is I need to do it and I'm putting it off. And so that anxiety is a a gift to me, a message I need to finish something, not, not something I need to medicate or meditate away. I love that. Yeah. Emotions. Like if you watch Inside Out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Emotions are there to tell us something. Mm -hmm. So we need to listen to it and then decide what we're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. We can't ignore it. We can't avoid. And yeah, you're right with the avoiding to put off making a decision. Um, Or we avoid a lot of things because we don't want to feel these feelings. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I noticed myself scrolling through Instagram yesterday to to avoid or buffer from feeling the shame. Uh uh And I was like, oh, maybe I should just feel it. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I hear that. Well, we've talked a lot about emotions and processing, but what advice if someone has had a toxic coworker situation um, and they are looking to change careers and find something that they love? uh, I know that is your that is your area of expertise. So I definitely don't want to um, leave the conversation without your thoughts on that. What do you do? (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, number one is you really figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. Like you want to know who you are and so you can learn what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I have a psychology background, so I, I do lean on some assessments and then some exercises that I, I develop. Uh, yeah. So assessments, she's like, can you explain what that is? Yeah. Uh, just so in case like, somebody didn't understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like I always forget I live in this world and I am a type of a person who loves uh, loves taking tests. Essentially, what they are. We have personality tests. The Myers Briggs Mm -hmm. type indicator is. uh, What Myers Briggs are you? I'm an INFJ. I'm a ENFP. An ENFP. A lot of a lot of us coaches are like the NF. It's very common. Um, And then I love the Enneagram, but I also love like which. Harry Potter house art do you belong to or which friends character are you like any assessment that kind of gives you some fun insight into who you are um, and I find especially with anyone whose confidence is really low who has mm-hmm. been in uh, a work situation with a highly toxic individual that some of these assessments are truly uh, a mirror that they have stopped looking in mm. so it allows them access to who they actually are and what they really want to be doing, what really motivates them. Uh, so it's sort of like a re-meeting of themselves. And I love it. I love walking through that, that process with them and having sort of the wool taken off their eyes. That, yeah. Well, especially because personality tests point out strengths. Mm-hmm. And after a toxic situation, you may forget that you have any strengths. Yeah. Right. So awesome. So you take assessments and then once you figure out more of who you are, where do you go from there? So then we really uh, dive deep into what you really want to be doing. And Mm -hmm. so we go through. So yeah. How do you figure that out? I mean, that is a huge issue I see with, it has been in the past with me um, and then other women. Yeah. For me, what really worked was uh, really opening and expanding the mind. So almost going back to when you were a kid and the world was your oyster where you could literally be anything you wanted. Uh Okay. There is no how there is no, like, there's no, like, is it possible Mm -hmm. uh, that comes in because everything we wanted to be tells us a story about what matters to you. Mm. And then we start to narrow our focus down and we will look at uh, what does make sense, how you can go about it, wh- the, the whys behind each. And we generally narrow down a, uh, for career changes, we narrow down to one to three career options, mm-hmm. which we can then create our strategy for. So then we do our marketing. What does your resume look like? Your LinkedIn. How are you going to find these opportunities? Let's talk about networking, which is really hard. For mm-hmm. anyone who's been in a toxic relationship, even um, even the marketing piece, the selling themselves, yeah. and then, um, but we've already started to build on our confidence. So it, 
each step, it becomes easier and easier because the confidence building is something we're doing the entire way. Absolutely. And I want to point out, someone said something really important to me and they said, the next decision is not the decision. Yes. Right. And I think that's where we get like, oh, if I don't get it right, like this, like, if I don't know everything that's ever going to happen to me right, like today, then like, it's all a fail. And I get it. I felt that way too. I put all that pressure on myself. It did not work. And I've never seen it work with anyone else. No, no, it really doesn't. Because uh, especially uh, when we think about, we are not the baby boomer generation. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's important. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We like for Gen X, Gen X is on average going to have about five to seven different careers, not mm-hmm. jobs in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. We don't really know the millennial stats yet. Probably a lot more. Yeah. I agree. And careers. So all you have to find is the career you love right now. It doesn't oh have gosh, to be the career you love forever. And for me, like I am, I do not have a crew, like a career coaching name for my business. It is Sarah Curdo. Mm-hmm coach because I don't know yeah. maybe in 10 years I want to do something else so right you no know, right. I love what I do now because I really my purpose is to like dismantle the stat that 80% of people hate or tolerate their careers I think that is like horrible <laughs> we spend so much time in our jobs to hate or tolerate it is just heartbreaking to me. Mm-hmm. So I want to see that to be 80% of people love their careers. And by removing that pressure of it needing to be the perfect one forever, even though we're human beings who change and evolve. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I agree. We need to sort of ease our, or release ourselves from that. I love that. Sarah, where can people find more about you? Yeah, they can find more about me on Instagram at Sarah, the career coach. Um, I also on Facebook have a career networking group. And in that group, I have lots of free trainings and people have found careers they love just from the trainings themselves on my roadmap, on writing a resume, on finding a, a career uh, and then on my website, www.sarahcurdo.ca to find out more about working with me one-on-one or in a group setting. Love it. And you guys can check the show notes for more info on Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much on you, helping us uh, establish careers we love after toxic situations and helping us on our journey to become toxic person proof. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live, there's tons of support, and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.